Hey, Emily. Hey, Stephanie. You uh, want to do a podcast? Absolutely. Welcome to Cycle Chats, a podcast to destigmatize what it means to be a woman. This is episode 61, Human Design. Today, we are speaking with a woman who is ready to clear the path for deep and real impact, a lady looking to bring the therapy room to you with her podcast, Let It Burn. Get ready to step fully into your truth because we are talking to trauma therapist Coco Nelson. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, so excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Exactly. We get to switch things around on you a little bit and now put the pressure on you because fun fact we were on Coco's podcast probably I don't even know like two weeks ago or something within the last month we were guests on Coco's podcast so we are super excited to put you in the hot seat a little bit but before we even begin just like you said on your podcast we had met through PodFest and are just so excited and thrilled by the connections that can be made at that event. So here's one of those lovely connections between humans where we just were like, okay, we got to get on each other's shows. Let's do this. Yes, 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 yes. I love the conference for that reason. Yeah, exactly. It, it is perfect for for that aspect of it. I, I love the fact that I get to go home and be like, ah, I met some great people that I hope to stay in touch with. And I feel like we've done that this year. You've taught us a lot about human design, which was something Emily knew a little bit about. I knew nothing about and you introduced me to. And it was actually a very fun story of how that got all introduced. And I still to this day is one going to be one of my fondest memories because I felt so special. <laughs> so, but I guess we should probably pop into the first question. Emily is normally your shtick. Go for it, girlfriend. All right. I need to know what made you get into this field? I get that question often and it's, it's not always the most surprising answer. I knew I wanted to be a therapist from the moment I knew what therapy was. I think I was like 10 maybe. But what stands out to me is it was like, take your daughter to work day. And my dad brought me to Kodak, which is where he worked. He was a manager at Kodak and he had some sort of staff meeting and he just sat me down and he was like talking in the staff meeting. And I wrote everybody's names down. And then I wrote down like who they really were, like as they were talking and like watching their non-verbals. And I was just like, I just did that for fun. I was like, la 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 la. And then I showed my dad afterwards and he was like, how did you know all of that? And I was like, oh, I just was observing. And that was like a big moment for me where I realized that was a gift I have is I can pick up on what people really mean or who they really are, what they're actually feeling underneath a lot of the facade very quickly. And as soon as I found out, I mean, that could have been utilized for all sorts of careers. Let's just say that out loud. You would have been a great <laughs> private detective. I would have, or like marketer if I really want to go. But like, as soon as I found out that like therapists do this and then help people through it and help them understand and access deeper love for themselves. And that was really powerful for me. And I think my first psych class was like in seventh grade or something like that. And I just loved it. And I think I made the decision then and there, this is what I'm doing. And then I just stuck with it literally through everything like every tumultuous anything you could possibly imagine. And I just was like, nope, this is what I'm doing. And here we are. Can I ask you, is it true that good therapists have their own therapists? Oh, please. <laughs> 
And I wouldn't say you have to have a therapist. I have a somatic healer, right? I have a therapeutic guide who lives in Costa Rica who does like cacao ceremonies and plant medicine. And she is an MFT as well, but she's like trained in somatic healing. Like I'm like, yeah. I've always had a mentor, a coach, a therapist, a healer, somebody that I am working through my stuff with because my nervous system always needs to be able to come back to a place of regulation if I'm holding space for someone. It makes a lot of sense. It's a very giving career. And while you do, of course, get stuff back, it's probably not an equal amount of giving, right? Like I go into my classroom and I teach 110 plus kids. I'm giving 120% and maybe getting 75% of that back. And like, yes, it's charging me, but only up to 75% where I needed that 120. So I could imagine that the energy transfer of what that is, is kind of overwhelming. So that of course you would need somebody to kind of recharge your battery for you, which makes sense. Absolutely. I definitely need someone to hold space for me. So then I need to know where does the human design element come into it? Because I feel like that word was so big probably a year ago. That was when things were kind of coming out about it. That's when I found out about it and started to do like my little bit of research into what it is. So how does that come into it? How does that tie with therapy? How do you use it? All of that good stuff. So I blend neurobiology, science-based, evidence-based, therapeutic trained work as a trauma therapist with the woo-woo, right? I call myself a somatic healer, like trauma therapist turned somatic healer. So I've, I've stepped outside of the traditional therapy model and really do a lot in the different arena, not in a clinical sense, because it's just too restrictive in that world. So I've stepped into this different world. And in stepping into this different world, it's extremely important to be able to pull in elements of how we understand ourselves. So coaches, programs that will go into schools with teachers, go into corporations, they'll do personality tests, they'll do these things that like, you're the color blue and you're the color yellow. And we all want to know who we are and where we belong. And I think human design is astrology, spirituality, a lot of different elements, chakras, Kabbalah, like there's so many things that tie into what human design is. And I am not a human design expert. I am well versed in human design and I utilize it in my practice, but I do not teach it or train people to do it. I had a human design coach for a year last year, Carrie Russell's her name, and she is somebody who coaches according to human design and coaches about human design. So I did a lot of work with her as well as just being in this world for the last decade with human design and being able to navigate it and understand the nuances of it and read about it and educate myself on it. And I just find when I give people language to understand themselves, it helps them take the shame away. And I do believe in the woo-woo stuff. I'm all about astrology. So like, I believe in human design being real and it's, you know, you, you find out what your human design is based on your astrological chart. So <laughs> you kind of have to, yeah, to a little bit in it. Yeah, exactly. So I just love it as a tool to help people understand themselves better. What I think is interesting is this is just kind of like a personal anecdote is like, I've always been pegged for Scorpio. People will be like, when were you born? November 7th. They're like, Scorpio, that makes so much sense now. I'm like, what does that mean? And then as like, as I started to verse myself in it, I started to realize I'm like, oh yeah, kind of, huh? So it is interesting. That seems to be kind of a theme as you go through the zodiacs. So in turn with human design, 
it also makes sense. I know Emily and I, when we were in the car and we were going over our I was going to say, do you want to go into the story of how you initially met Coco and then like our story with human design in the car? Because I think it's funny. Yeah, absolutely. So I was walking down to dinner and one of our other friends that we are podcast friends with, he was like, oh, hey, like this is, you know, I, I met her at one of the events. And I was like, oh, nice to meet you. We got to talking. I don't even know what it was. It was just a, a poll. We started talking. I think we started talking about eyelashes. Yeah. We both have yeah. our lashes done. Yeah, lash extensions. I was like, oh, don't you love them? And then we started talking. I was like, well, what do you do? Started talking about human design. I'm like, I don't know what that is. You're like, let me just do your chart. And you did my chart. And then you proceeded to, I don't even know, fangirl is what it felt like. And I was like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, what did I do wrong? What happened? And it felt really special and still is a very nice, lovely memory because I feel like that was like a genuine response from someone I didn't know. And I'm like, God, that's so nice. And you said that I was one of, or the rarest, one of the rarest, the rarest (laughs) human design. She has that tattooed on her butt now. Right. (laughs) Actually, that would be, that would be a, that would be a fun one. The rarest? Not the rarest, but like put the actual term a rare rare steak the rare steak right no i'm sorry it's eluding me at the moment i thank you i'm on four hours of sleep y'all so some of these i'm like i know all of this and i just it's like woo right out the window but yeah i was like i don't even know what a reflector is and i started researching it and it was weird i was like whoa that's wild and then when we were in the car we were doing emily's chart and her husband's chart and it was extremely funny because it was on the money and she is a manifesting generator yes i am which yes you are (laughs) that makes a lot of sense as i make lists in the car and stephanie's like are you anxious are you are you okay i was like no i'm just running through the list of things we still need to get done today i'm I'm not anxious i'm also just telling it to myself so that i remember to do it she was like okay but that's just what i do i have to say things out loud sometimes so that i can like take it in and be like okay i need to still do this for good but that car ride was absolutely crazy i mean i think we literally spoke about it for the three full hour car ride all the way home from orlando just kind of going through our charts and just going through and like talking to one another and be like, oh my God, that's so truthful or no, that doesn't work, whatever it may be. But it's a very cool thing because like you said, it puts language to this thing that you yourself are constantly questioning, like who am I and how do I work? So I guess the next question to ask is what is human design? What are the different categories that it's broken into? And what is a good place for the listeners to discover their own category? So I'm sure there's a lot of shenanigans out there. Oh, yeah. So I would say like to really describe what human design is, is extremely complicated. And I'm going to leave that to the experts. What it is, is it's basically a modality that tells you based on where you were born, what time you were born, there's all sorts of elements that gets put together. And it tells you about who you are, what you're meant to do, what your sole purpose is, what your certain category of living is, how best to follow your authenticity and alignment. It ties deeply into kind of spirituality and this idea of like one wanting to be in the law of attraction and wanting to be in alignment with the vibrational universe, right? So there's there's all of those elements that go into it. And it's extremely complicated to put it together. I would recommend literally Googling origin of human design and read through what it actually says, because that language is going to be much more accurate than what I could state here. What I could say is the uses for it and the way to find your human design is you can do two different methods. Go to mybodygraph.com and you can enter it and it's free. 
free and that will tell you quite a bit of information. But my favorite is My Human Design. It's amazing. It's amazing. And you can put in family members and people and they will like talk to you about it and show you your chart. And I would highly recommend doing it there because you're just going to find out so much more. I will give you little excerpts of what they are. There are five different ones. There's Generator, Manifesting Generator, Manifester, Reflector, and Projector. So this is all based on, like I said, your birthday, your birth time, your birthplace. The most common ones are generators and manigens. A generator, I think of like an immovable mountain. Your job is to basically like master the art of something. If you think about the generators as a car, they've got a destination and they're like, I'm going here and I'm going to find the best route possible to go here. And I'm going to show everybody how to get there. And I'm going to do it with like excitement and energy. And my light is going to light up this room. Like people are going to be excited about the music I'm playing in this car. I'm going to smile at them and wave and be like, who is this person? This is great. That's the generator. A manifesting generator is like, I'm going to get at that same destination, but I'm going to go like eight different routes. And I'm going to tell you about all those routes. I'm going to speak with a lot of power and excitement. Manifesting generators have a defined throat. So they're very like, they're clear in what they're saying and how they activate people. We have to allow manifesting generators the freedom to find their own path. Right. And that's really difficult for anybody who's not a manifesting generator. And, and for manifesting generators, you are always like, why do I always keep changing directions? Or why do I want to do all these different things? And it's like, that's how you're made. You're supposed to do that. Then you've got manifestors who they're like the ones that are like, hey, that yield sign, boom, it's actually a stop sign. And then you stop and an earthquake hits. And you're like, oh, thank goodness that they changed that yield sign to a stop sign. So it's almost like they foresee things happening before they happen. And they're a little like curt about it. They're like, do this. But it comes to them so quickly. And they are often one of the most silenced human design types because they usually say things people don't want to hear, right? Like, hey, I really don't think you should do that. That's a really bad choice, you know? And they're like, what do you mean? This is a great choice. And then three months later, they're like, oh, I really should not have done that. So a generator, when they are out of alignment, they feel frustrated. A manifesting generator, when they're out of alignment, they feel frustrated. When a manifester feels out of alignment, they feel angry. And then there's the projectors. I call them like the oracles. They're basically meant to be like teachers or they're a little bit more removed emotionally. And it doesn't mean that they don't feel emotions. They just kind of like observe. They're a little more introverted at times. They have a limited amount of energy. Same with manifestors. They come in waves. Projectors have a limited amount of energy. About four hours a day they should be working. The rest of the time should really be introspective and like connecting within themselves and blocking other energies out. They would be like the people who are looking at the entire map of all these cars moving around and they're like got to move this road over here and then we've got to build some bridges here. So let's move these people here. So this happens like they're the strategist right? Then you've got your reflectors and reflectors are meant to move with the moon cycles actually. And like really tune into the earth and really tune into their own like multiple experiences of the world. They experience the world in so many different ways and they need to feel an emotion multiple times to know that it is in alignment for them. And you're so rare that there's so much that's projected on you to be that they find themselves almost like a chameleon or very, very adaptable. But the problem 
problem is, is when they adapt, they have extreme disassociation or disillusionment. Like they do not feel like they're actually who they're supposed to be, but they don't know why. So it's this like strong pull to be in your element and to reflect back to all of us what our truth is and then take space and time to really make sure you understand what yours is. Oh yeah, totally. It's one of those things that I will tell you that when I'm not in a space that feels confident or comfortable, I feel like a total fraud. It's interesting because I've done it even with Emily when we go out, sometimes like a certain environment just won't click for me or like a certain sense of humor. And like this, obviously this can be applied to anything, but the chameleon bit of it is the most prevalent for me because I've been called that my whole life. And I always tried to explain to people, I never felt it was negative because I was always just trying to figure out what felt right but I could never quite put into words what that was, but chameleon made the most sense to me. So it was just weird to finally read all of that. Like you said, validating, it felt very validating. I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I was like, yeah, that's what I've been trying to explain to people my whole life is that it's not like I'm trying to mimic you. I'm just trying to figure out what feels the most authentic. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's almost like witchcrafty in a way. It is yeah, that yeah, yeah, little sense, bit. right? Where yes. you're like, is somebody following me with a camera? Like there are other people like me that were born on June 3rd in this place that are like thinking the same way I do. It, I mean, that's kind of spooky in a way that there are brains that work the same way yours does. Because even my husband and I, he's a, I think he was just a generator and I was the Manny Gen. So even our brains work differently. So I think that explains a lot of why we'll sometimes have those little times where we'll get into disagreements or whatever it may be, or those moments where I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to murder you. Speaking of husbands, I'm not married, but I am dating somebody and I did his chart and he's a projector. So I thought that was, I thought that was very interesting. I was like, what does that mean? And so I was doing the comparison charts. I was trying to figure it out. I was like, what is this? Ooh, you guys have a lot of time spent figuring out what truth actually is. For oh my God. And that's wow. like half of our conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Emily knows. <laughs> I haven't met this man yet, but yes, apparently. Yeah, yes. <laughs> It's really, it's really interesting when the two of us speak to each other. A lot of times we're discussing the differences between men, women, social issues, things like that. And, you know, because we've both been hurt in the past, we're learning how to have conversations with one another that we can understand the other side of things. And so what felt like a, you know, a gun and a knife fight, we were just like in the beginning, like, well, this is how I feel. And this is how I feel. And not necessarily negative. We could see through each other in that sense. And now that like that's softened because we even communicate. I'm like, wow, proud of us for having that conversation and not being like, well, this is how I feel, you know? And he's like, yeah, me too. Because that's that's what we both want. But we both realized that we had some stuff that we had to set aside and realize we want the same thing. We want the same goal. So it's been interesting. Lovely. Absolutely lovely. I've been thoroughly enjoying myself. So I love that for you. Thanks. Sorry, it's my little side tangent. I like it. I like it. Well, it kind of leads me into the next question of like, how can we use this knowledge to therefore better understand ourselves, right? And like how you use it in your therapy sessions with clients, which must be kind of mind blowing for them and how we can use it to better understand people. Because I, I really think at the end of the day, we're all trying to understand one another and unfortunately just don't have the tools to do it. Yeah, it depersonalizes it, right? It makes it so it's like you're you're not doing this just because you're a jerk to me. You're doing this because this is how you understand the world. And 
that's so helpful. Or wow, this person's really misaligned to the way they're supposed to live their life. No wonder they're so miserable or bitter or mean, right? Like a projector that is overworked, they're bitter. Like a generator who is not lit up about what they're doing is really frustrated and like stuck and stagnant. A manigen who's controlled is like explosive, right? Like to understand why we all have these feelings or experiences of life and make them less personalized. I think it gives us a path out and a path to understanding. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it just gives us, I think, steps in the right direction, hopefully, because I feel like since having the conversation in the car with Stephanie, where I, I now know that there is a word for what she is and the way that she works, I think it's only made it easier for me to understand what I need to do and therefore what I need to do to help Yeah, and vice versa. Yeah, and vice versa. So I I think that's like a a big thing. You only live in your own brain. So we expect everybody to think the same exact way that we do, right? We see the color blue and we're like, that's the same color for everyone. But what if it's not? Like, that's just crazy. Like a a different color could be a different thing for somebody else. I could be seeing it one way and they could see it something else. And I I think that's the, the biggest part of it is that we have to understand that like, it's really just our brains are just working differently. That's really what it is. It's not like anyone's bad or evil or wrong. There are some evil people people in this world. But it, like you said, it kind of helps to like, I don't know, kind of tamper down the the bad a little bit and just be like, well, this is why there's an explanation for it that makes me feel at least a little better about like going out into the world. Yes. Yes. Usually people are not actually actively trying to hurt you. They do, but they're not actively trying to do it. They're trying to live their life the best way they know how. And sometimes that is a way that can really negatively affect the people around them. But ultimately it's coming from a place of attempting to live the fullest expression of themselves And it's just not aligned at all. So how do you kind of work it into your whole client portal, I guess, or client relations? I would say like in my private practice, my like local private practice, it's not one of the first questions I ask or like get into right away. Like I really make sure that I'm holding space for what they come to talk to me about. And if it naturally comes up where I can step into that arena and ask, I will. Also, not everybody's receptive to this kind of stuff. So of course. like I, I gauge based on like who they are, right? So if it's somebody who I think will receive it well, I bring it up. And then in the coaching world and in like the less clinical side, so all of my women's retreats that I'm doing right now, my next one is in Greece. I ask for people's birth information so I can look at their astrology and their human design and we kind of talk about it. I have a conversation about it or I talk about it to a degree on social media so people know, you know, what that's about. But really in the groups that I run, I think it's helpful for everybody to know what the signs are. So one of the first calls I have uh, with my retreat that's coming up is on Monday and we'll be talking about human design and talking about who we are and how we define ourselves. And that just kind of helps set the group mentality from the beginning. And since you literally just mentioned astrology, what is the difference between human design and astrology? Or is it kind of the same thread torn into two? 
So astrology is a part of human design. Human design is a combination of all sorts of different things. So it's just a, it's a piece of the puzzle. And then astrology is a separate puzzle piece from human design. And astrology still goes off the same data, but it's like where the stars or the moons and the planets all were when you were born and how they all interact and they're different. The observations from thousands and thousands of years of people doing astrology on what that looks like and what that means. And it's pretty neat. It's, it's woo-woo, but it's also based in like very, very old human tradition. I mean, astrology has been around for like over 4,000 years. Human design is newer, but the things that go into human design are thousands and thousands of years old. So it's interesting to me. You talk about like a qualitative study. Astrology is probably the biggest qualitative study we have out there. The whole thing is is so interesting to me. I, I love learning how the brain works. And after I found out about human design, my husband follows, I forget the names of the people and I apologize on YouTube, but they have, it's two doctors, their brothers, and they break it down the the human brain into three different styles the kuma the something else and the something else I don't remember but I remember <laughs> kuma is is something I remember but it's it's similar in the way that it's just trying to identify how the human brain works and how they study like how they learn mm, so it's breaking learners yes. into three different things and I love that because I know for at least for me growing up, you know, there wasn't really a lot of language for the type of learner that I was, you know, everybody was learning the same way. And like, that doesn't work for everybody, since all of our brains are different to try and assume that we just are all going to learn and process the same way is not the greatest way of teaching or going about trying to, you know, do education in public schools. So I think it's a, a really interesting way that we are kind of going into this even last 10 years, I feel like so much has changed with the language around the brain as a whole. I agree. I think the language itself is consistently changing and growing. And it's like we were reclaiming some parts of our understanding of the brain and the human experience from past cultures and past expressions. And we are learning new and different ways as we get more into neurobiology and we get into more of the, the deeper science of it. But it's really interesting to just see the combination of the two come together. Well, and I also think mental health issues are more brought to light. And so we're starting to realize that some of us were being forced to learn in a way that our brains physically could not function properly with. And I do think that it is important that people check their sources and they do follow people who are studied, people who have gone to not TikTok university, not <laughs> YouTube university, like people who have actually studied it, people who have dealt with patients and not to say that there aren't people in those arenas that aren't very good, but I'm more keen to trust individuals who actually have the experience over someone who just got a certain for you page because they liked certain mental health things. You know, you, you have to be very mindful of the content you're consuming when it comes to mental health, because I think that's when false information gets thrown around. Is that something you've ever dealt with with clientele that you kind of have to like break down and be like, stop, that's not a thing. Yeah, I would say there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of language out there that's being thrown around. There's a lot of diagnosis. Mm -hmm. I have a very different view personally and professionally of diagnosis. So I will own that. I believe it's a useful tool. I believe it's a way for people to understand again why they do certain things. But I think the diagnosis in particular was created and invented by a system that 
was studying humans in a way that wasn't necessarily about the human. It was about the science. It was about the solution. Now it's sponsored by the pharmaceutical companies. Mm -hmm. And so diagnosis is definitely something that is overutilized. Yeah, diagnosis equals medicine. Dollar sign. They do. They do. In the insurance world, yeah, you have to diagnose to get paid, which is crazy. And, you know, so you give someone a bipolar diagnosis and give them bipolar meds, you get, you know, a little cha-ching in your bank for that. What's even more interesting is we spoke with a lady, she was diagnosed with bipolar. Turns out she had PMDD. She's like, I was on bipolar medication for years and I wasn't bipolar can be quite damaging. And I think that's why I appreciate your view on it because I view very similarly that a diagnosis is not a death sentence, nor is it something that you should fall so heavily back on, especially when it comes to mental health. Because there's a woman that I watch her channel is living well with schizophrenia and she has schizoaffective disorder. She said the diagnosis just helped me guide my life. It's not like I'm not living a full life, you know, And, and that's the big thing is for her it was just a guide tool to be able to find different avenues to help herself and become a healthier version of herself I thought that was beautiful she wasn't like well that's it I have this thing and you all have to accommodate around me now it's very educational how she does so I applaud you for having that viewpoint I happen to agree and I think it's important that we have a discussion even if you disagree why do you disagree let's open up that forum because now we're still talking about mental health which is good We should be talking about these things. It's interesting since human design is somewhat based on or is based on your birth, your time of birth, the place, how much of that can change? Like once you know what you are, are you able to change or learn from? No, Coco is shaking her head. No, you cannot change your human design. No, but you can, you can learn from it. You can become, you can get into more alignment. You can be deconditioned is what they say. Your human design is set from the moment you take your first breath. Hmm. Interesting. So no matter how much you want to change it, folks, it's, it's stuck with you. It's like, you can't not be a Scorpio, right? You're just like always going to be a Scorpio. I would never not want to be one, quite frankly. (laughs) I love it. I fully, fully dipped into my Zodiac. I'm like, oh, yeah. But it makes sense. I've never felt otherwise. So yeah, I mean, it's who you are at your core, basically, right? It is your soul, your brain, right? The activity and your energy. So it's like soul's path. It's like your soul chose to incarnate in this lifetime with this particular circumstance. Question. I'm so sorry, but you know what? You made me think. So we could talk about reincarnation, whether you believe in it or not. Are you the same human design? throughout all reincarnations do you think no your soul so okay so let me let me preface this not as a therapist as a human colleen who believes in this spiritual ideology for myself noted everyone heard that colleen is my is my actual name coco is is what my good close friends and how i am online so if you hear me say colleen that's why you're like who's colleen that's me yeah um her other part of her other personality colleen is is my young child she's my inner child so your soul is and this is this is kind of human design folklore as well or i don't know belief system as well spirituality as well your soul is the divine playing of being human and it wants to experience different vibrational expansions in your human incarnation. And so to come in with the exact same human design is not going to give you a different vibrational experience, right? Mm. So now 
again, if we're going to get real quantum theory about it, we could exist in a space-time continuum in which all realities happen all at once, all at the same time, just in different places in space. So then you could be all the human designs. You could be all the people all at once right now, currently, concurrently happening at the same time. That's what I think deja vu is. I swear to you, my theory on deja vu is not that it's already happened before. It's that it's happening the exact same way in every single dimension. And that moment, having the exact same experience, and you're like, what? What? You know, it's like a very uh, odd sensation. Yeah. I have to put in here, if you have not seen everything everywhere all at once, oh. please go do yourself a big favor. So good. I know, Stephanie, I don't understand. It's so phenomenal. I have now watched it twice and cried both times. It is so unbelievably beautiful and is somewhat of what we're talking about really right now. So yeah, Stephanie, that has to be number one on your list. I'll watch it with you. You will fantastic. love it. Yes. Literally, somebody else posted about that movie. And I'm telling you guys, if you have not watched that movie, stop this right now and go watch it. It, it is so important <laughs> and imperative. Somebody else had posted about it on one of our other friends, Ray, whose interview I think is two before you in lineup. And I was like, I wish this was like on the you must watch movie list for everybody. Like it has to be like a checkoff for humans to watch the movie because it's so important and powerful. The message behind it. I'm like, everyone, please watch this. I'm begging you. Humankind will be so much better for it. Like it is just so astoundingly gorgeous. Every, oh God, it's, it's so good. It's so good. I could babble on about it all day. So this is the Manny Jen putting up a billboard in the little road metaphor I had. She's like, just put up a billboard with a bunch of lights. And she's like, watch this. Everybody stop what you're doing. It's a big picture of me with like a picture of a TV with a poster on it. With a picture of you holding yeah. the picture Hold of the it. poster. Oh my God. It just continues. That's very everything everywhere all at once. Great. I love it. Yeah. Let's let's sell it. Oh my God. Such a good movie. I literally, I could talk about it all day. It's phenomenal. What a phenomenal movie. But I, I know, I, I think that's interesting. I happen to believe in reincarnation. I think it's a beautiful thing. It makes a lot of sense, right? This idea is that you're constantly trying to learn and evolve and get better each time. So why would you want to stay the same? What are you going to learn if you stay the same? You constantly are trying to evolve and get better get to the next step to the next step to the next step so hopefully you reach that mountaintop and you're like i i've made it even though i don't know if there is a, a mountaintop i think it's just all a journey i don't know if it ever leads anywhere i think it's a never-ending flight of stairs that you just keep you go going <laughs> you go to the mountaintop and then you decide to help people get to the top or you, you go like, back as a healer you start flying off the mountain or like, i did it you go down the mountain and go back up a different way oh there you go there you go. So, I love that. So really, the journey's never ending. You're just, you're already familiar with the mountain. You're just looking at the different rock formations. Yeah. Maybe you want to walk it backwards one time, walk it to the side another. Maybe one time you're going to spelunk, right? That's the mountain climbing like Sports thing. and me. I like spelunking. I did it in Israel. It's very fun. Sounds dirty. <laughs> uh, spelunking? It does sound dirty. <laughs> dirty. <laughs> I'm so empowered. I love this conversation. I think it is like woo woo, but science. And I like, that's like where I live. That's, I kind of like that, right? Where it has backup and I can be like, no, this is right. Cause science is real. <laughs> and it's so cool. Science that way. is real. Science yes. is so real. Oh my gosh. 
yes, I didn't go to school for that. They know what they're talking about. So I need to know then to start closing up this amazing conversation. And I'm sure this won't be the the only time we see you is like, what does women empowerment mean to you? Mm. Women empowerment or empowering women means to me, women who have found their internal compass, their internal power and can access it and are now also helping others to do the same. My last question for you, Ms. Coco Colleen Nelson, is what advice would you give your 15-year-old self? My 15-year-old self was actually like doing pretty good. Just when 16, 17 hit where I was like, we're one of very few people who have said that. So good for you. My freshman year of high school was great. I mean, that's why you're the therapist. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's be clear. 11, 12, 13 was And then 17, 18, 19 was a a dumpster fire. So, you know, like I dated an Eagle Scout. He was very sweet. I helped him with his Salvation Army drive. Like it was like a really beautiful, innocent summer before things all went downhill. And I fell in love with a bad boy, right? You know, so my 15 year old self, I would say like, stop defining your life by your relationships and go experience the world. If I could go back to my like 19 year old self, who I think, or 18 year old self, but I could say this at 15 and then she could like get there and say, stop dating everyone. Literally don't date anyone until you're 25 years old and go travel the world. Go travel the world. You can come back and do graduate school. I graduated from undergrad in three years. I graduated when I was 21. It's like, go travel the world. What are you doing? I like tried to jump into adulthood so fast, so quickly. I was so consumed with the idea of wanting to have kids and get married. And like when I tell you, same exact timeline, horrible. If I could go back, I'd be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And that is a really beautiful part about being who I am is I do get to talk to a lot of 15, 18, 19 year old women. I get to say, hey, like this feels really big right now and really heavy. And I know you want to find your person and I know you want to be a mother. And I understand that. And yet I need you to go see the world. I need you to go find yourself. I need you to go put yourself in situations that scare you and create awe within your body and make you think outside the box and realize that Nick from high school is actually just a real jerk who will mean nothing to you. And right now you're just consumed by that. So I just wish I could have had broader and bigger vision than what was right in front of me. Makes me want to cry a little bit, actually. I felt like you were speaking to a part of me that like, and you know what's good though, is I think sometimes we do speak to that part of ourselves, even in adulthood. It's hard to explain unless you've really, I think, dug down and done child work, which has been very healing for me to see like students that I've had reach out to me and say, you're the reason X, Y, and Z in like a positive light brings me just joy beyond because I'm like, I want someone else. Maybe they won't have it super easy, but that maybe that piece of their life will be a little bit different, you know? And I think that is important at 15 that you get a chance to go discover yourself. I mean, yeah, at 21, I was like, let's get married. Let's kids. Come on, let's go. My clock is ticking, you know, and and now I'm like, kids, whoa back it up like 31 I'm I'm still I'm still baby like it's just different and I I think that's what's so great about what you do and it's so wonderful that there are people like you that can take those experiences that they've had and be able to shine a light and help inspire others so thank you for that I know that I would love to know someone like you. So where can people find you? And do you have anything coming up that any of our listeners should be aware of? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, The Evolved Therapist. 
at The Evolved Therapist. I'm also on TikTok, but it's really tiny, but it's fun. Same thing, The Evolved Therapist. And I run ongoing groups called The Inner Circle. These are groups of women, about eight to 10 women in each group. And it's an ongoing circle that you can join. And it is, it's kind of like group therapy, but it's, it is us doing life side by side, learning from guest speakers, having a therapeutic guide in there, but really doing the therapeutic work not alone. And it's an affordable price. It's something that people can join and leave when they're ready to leave, come back when they're ready to come back. And it's an ongoing offer that I have starting in April on. Love that. And we'll, of course, link all of her places to find and connect with her below. Thank you so much so so much for this this was just such a serendipitous thing i don't know the universe had a plan it's quite lovely and has definitely changed the way that i view myself and how i view others and how i kind of move through the world so it's it's nice to give myself a little bit of a break on certain things i'm like okay i'm not just being a lazy piece of garbage like there's something deeper going on here let me work with it not against it yes just gives you permission to be yourself love that i think everybody needs permission to be themselves unless you suck then don't be yourself that means you're not being yourself let's be clear if you suck it means you're be- you're not in alignment with who you actually are <laughs> Side note, and I may or may not cut this out, or I'll just put this, but a lovely picture of me from when I was 13, right? This is when I used to straighten my hair because I just went home. My grandpa passed away earlier this week, so I had to go back to New York. But my husband looked at that picture of me and he goes, honey, I can literally see you trying to be somebody else. (gasps) I know. And I was like, yeah. He was like, I would have loved you and your weirdness. He was like, but I did the same thing it was like I was trying to be somebody else you know what's weird is if you look at pictures of me when I'm really young you see that I'm me and then there's a shift that happens as I start to hit like middle high school still kind of the remnants you're like okay she's still her it didn't really hit until college don't even know who she is at all like there's pictures of me that people are like is that you they're like who is this child I'm like I don't know she didn't know. She was struggling her best. Man. Oh God, was I ever. Looking at those pictures are always fascinating. Learning a lot about yourself. You could see it in the eyes. I feel like the eyes and the smile are the two dead giveaways for me. Well, like Steph said before, this was everything I wanted it to be and more for my Friday evening into my weekend. I'm so thrilled that our paths crossed and that you met Steph and therefore met me. And I can't wait to see where we go together in the future. And yeah, I'm just, I'm so unbelievably thankful. So thank you for being here. You all know who we are. We are Cycle Chats. You can follow us at Cycle Chats literally everywhere. Instagram, TikTok. Our website is www.cyclechats.com. And now you can review and subscribe. So you know, go make sure to do that on any podcast platform that you are listening on that makes other kitty cats like you find us, which we can add some more cats to this cat pile. So let's do it. So, yeah, right. We'll be yeah, the crazy but, cat ladies. Yeah. Well, I yes, love please. it. Yeah. All the cats. Give them all to me. I have a great idea for a cat place one time, but that's another story for another day. Anyway. So as always, as my cat sits in the background, we hope you sync up with us next time.